Well, I don't have to do much preaching this morning, so some of you are excited about that, uh, because baptisms preach themselves. They really do. As you hear stories about what God has done, and you see a beautiful object lesson. A few weeks ago, I did an object lesson. This is the best object lesson you can get right here of the death, burial, and resurrection. So they're going to preach themselves this morning, but I do want to uh, uh, share a little little something with you just to get us thinking in, in the right direction. And so um, I'll tell you a story. Once upon a time, you like stories that start off like that? Once upon a time, there was a princess named Nora. And her palace was on the western side of the Roxburyan Empire. And Nora longed to be married. She longed to find her suitor. And so many princes came to win her hand in marriage. But the king chopped off their heads. The father over there gets it, father of a daughter. <laughs> and the princess lived with daddy in the palace forever. <laughs> Just a glimpse into the bedtime routine at my house. Once upon a time is something that you've probably heard many times. Maybe you've said it if you're a parent to your kids. We like to share stories about uh, different things, oftentimes fictional things. We like to elaborate on how awesome we were as athletes back in high school. And once upon a time, I went fishing and I caught a six-foot tuna. And uh, maybe it was only a foot uh, or a flounder. But we love to tell stories. It's not just kids who love to hear stories, but we as adults love to hear stories. And that's why we oftentimes get into conversation and somebody says something and it brings something up. Oh, yeah, yeah, let me tell you about when I was and I did this. And and we love to share and and hear stories. And and Jesus Christ himself was a phenomenal storyteller. It was just unbelievable. There were so many occasions where, where somebody would ask him something and he would say, that reminds me of a story. And he would tell these parables and, and, and bring people to thinking through kind of this narrative. And it was a, an incredible gift that Jesus had. And, and really the entire Bible is just a book of stories of, of young people and old people, of men and women, rich and poor, uh, paupers and peasants and, and kings and, and, and prophets and prophetesses, just all kinds of amazing stories. And, and no matter who you are, you can find yourself in the Bible. That's just the, the beauty of this book. Is that He doesn't just give us one angle. He gives us all the angles, and we get to find ourselves in this book, and we can connect with one of the various characters in this book. And what's been amazing is that 2,000 years later, in the five years of the life of this church, we've been able to just see that Jesus is still writing stories. He's still bringing people's uh, stories to to greater places as he's writing the the story of their lives. And and to date, I was doing the math, to date we've seen 86 people come to faith in Jesus. That's over half of our people in this congregation have come to faith in Jesus through the starting of this church. And so God is good. God is faithful. God is writing new stories. And we're about to hear some more stories about how God is getting a hold of of people's lives. Today we're going to hear stories like how a, a tender date got cut short. We're going to hear stories about a sister who is being supportive of her other sister 
and God got a hold of her life. We're going to hear a story about community service that turned into life change. And so it's just going to be awesome to hear stories. And so as these folks share their stories, we're going to clap, we're going to celebrate, and we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating the work of Jesus and what he has done and how these folks' story has then been collided up against Jesus' story. Now they're on the same track together. And so we're going to celebrate that together. I want to give you a, a passage of scripture. So look up here on the screen with me. This is Romans chapter 6, 3 through 4. It says this. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so what we see in this, this passage, it's telling us that when a person is baptized, they're identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so this picture of baptism is really a picture of Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus resurrected, defeating death, defeating Satan's sin and death. And likewise, when we say, I'm going to place faith in that work of Jesus upon the cross, dying for our sins, taking our punishment, taking our penalty for sin, he, he died and then he was buried in this amazing miracle that no other miracle could ever touch, this amazing miracle, he comes back to life victoriously. We're saying when we're baptized, we're saying, I need that. I need that. And that now is, is my story. I'm entering into that. That, that. that I too die to self and to, to my own lordship, being the master of my own life. And I come out, I resurrect to a new life in Christ. And I'm a new person because of what Jesus has done in me. And so baptism is not something that saves you. It's not something that makes you right with God. It's a picture of what has already happened in their hearts. Some of these folks have been walking with Christ for a little while now. And this is a picture of what Jesus has already done. Now they're declaring to you, this is a picture. This is an object lesson of what God has done in my life. And they've been praying for you. And they've been praying, God, would you allow them to see my story and themselves also be invited into the great story of Jesus that he's writing for them. And so, are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of clapping today. I love it. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite God to uh, be glorified as we share stories. And then I'm going to invite our first person up here to be baptized. So let's, let's pray. God, we love you. and We praise you for the great things that you do. We thank you, Father, that you are the one who writes our stories. And you've been writing a story from the beginning of time, how when we fell into sin and we turned our backs on you, you didn't leave us alone and say, I'm done with you. You wrote this beautiful story about how God would enter into human history, how God would enter into humanity as Jesus Christ from the small town of Nazareth. How he would live a perfect life, undeserving of the wages of sin, which is death. But then he died, laying down his life for us as our substitution. Thank you. Thank you that the story doesn't end there. That you resurrected back to life. Showing that you are victorious over all the junk that we see in this world. All the brokenness. You're victorious. And that you're making all things new. And God, thank you that there have been a few people here this morning who are ready to declare that Jesus has saved me, that his story and my story has collided. And now I'm walking with him for the rest of my life. 
And so, God, we praise you for who you are. We're praising you for the stories that you've written here. And we're inviting other people into the story. So would you move in our hearts, Lord, and be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, our first uh, baptizee is Jenna Evangelis. And so we're going to invite her up. Jenna, come on up here. Gotten to know Jenna a little bit over the past year or so, and uh, God's just really been moving in her life and just hearing her story as she's been preparing for, for her baptism, and uh, just really excited for you to share. And uh, I love uh, how she's just jumped right into the family here, and has been really plugged in and been in some of your groups, discipleship, connection groups, and so she's already real close family for many of you, and so I know you're excited. And so I'm going to be quiet and let you share all that God has done. So this is Jenna. So I'm Jenna, for those of you that don't know me. I grew up going to New Covenant Christian School, NCCS for short, during the school week where I said the prayer to be saved by God. I had not a clue what I was saying or doing in attending Greek Orthodox Church on the weekends where I was baptized as an infant. I always knew who God was, but I never knew I could have a personal relationship with him. After NCCS, I started attending Hudson Public Schools in seventh grade, where I was bullied and mistreated. In ninth grade, I became friends with the girl who bullied me for the past two years. I soon became one of the popular girls. Started partying, drinking, and experimenting with drugs, but still maintaining my schooling. I became the girl I said I never would be, but in the moment I did not see it that way. I saw it as finally being able to fit in. I became so involved with myself and only caring about myself that nobody else mattered in my life. I was always the single girl out of my friends because I didn't need a guy in my life. I could do everything by myself. Everyone saw me as the confident, happy, and independent girl, even though I wasn't happy with who I was. It's easy to pretend you're something you're not. I graduated in 2010, and things just got crazy with drugs and drinking often. I am extremely thankful God protected me during those times in my life, even though I didn't deserve to be protected. For a while, I believed God was trying to get my attention. As I was attending Liberty Church in Shrewsbury, Mass. on Saturday nights, but would go out and party after. I don't remember most of those Saturday nights at church, but I strangely saved sermon notes from 2013. One specific Saturday I remember, beginning of summer of 2013, is when I was driving to the Cape with my cousin to go on a double Tinder date, where we both were talking about how we were not very happy with the life, with the way life was going. Tinder wasn't very satisfying, and this life was just a drag. All we do is drink and go on dates with random guys and have absolutely no goals set. So that's when God decided to turn us around. We never made it to the Cape, but we did make it to church. That's when we stopped going on so many dates and limited our drinking. At the end of the summer, I met a guy, someone I connected with, and someone I thought I fell in love with. I could finally say that I had a boyfriend, someone who loved me for me. I finally had found love. We became so invested in one another 
He was definitely someone I thought I would marry. I stopped going to church because weekends were our times to be together, and he wasn't into God. He didn't even think there was a God. In December 2013, we decided we needed to take a break. Things moved so quickly that we didn't, we didn't have time to think. That's when my life was crashing, and I decided to go back to church. At this point, I had no boyfriend, only my pastor, who I loved listening to. Everything I learned about Jesus, I learned because of him. I believed he was the one that led me to God, or it could have been I just made him equal to God. In January 2014, my pastor resigned. It was a terrible time for me because I looked up to him, and everything I knew, I knew because of him. So yet again, my life was crashing. I had no boyfriend, no pastor, and no friends. I stopped going to church, and during those couple of weeks, God helped me see that I was attending church for all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons, not one of my reasons were for Christ. They were all for my personal reasons and my pastor. As Jesus started revealing Himself to me and helping me to see Him clearly, He was the only person I was interested in, the only one I wanted to talk to, talk about, and talk to. I just could not even believe someone would be brutally beat and nailed to a cross for me, a worthless sinner, someone who put him off for so long. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And God gave me eyes to see that and a heart to feel his love. As God was revealing himself to me, I started to see a lot of divisions in my life. Nobody wanted to have conversations with me. Nobody wanted to talk to me because all I wanted to do was share this feeling and express all that God was showing me. I literally felt like a soul on fire. Things got difficult, but I knew that I had to pull myself together because it's not about me. It's about Jesus and what he did for me and for you on that tree. And I knew that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 So in March 2014, my ex-boyfriend came back into the picture where we rekindled our relationship. Except this time, I had a desire to know God and grow close with him. God gave me the desire to obey him and the strength to carry it out. I started living a pure life, stopped with my drunkenness, and not like me at all, but I had little to no desire to go shopping. <laughs> God gave me eyes to see the changes in my heart and an eager desire to follow him. My boyfriend was soon calling me crazy and saying that I'm not who I was and it's not okay what happened to the woman he fell in love with. He said he didn't fall in love with a sober virgin girl who wants to talk about Jesus all the time. He was always accusing me of lying, and it got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. After feeling God's love and understanding what he did for me and for you, too, I just knew that this love I had with my boyfriend was not real love by any means, because love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So we ended things in September 2014. 
So here I was again. My life was crashing per usual. Just kidding. I felt so confident in the choice God gave me the strength to make because now I was able to give my all to my creator. There's not one thing holding me back. My life was just beginning. So here I am, a girl who has felt so unloved most of her life is loved and is loved by her faithful, perfect, and glorious father, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9, a father who is now shaping me into the woman he created me to be. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So I'm here ready to express my unity with Christ. Jenna, have you placed faith in Jesus Christ alone as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Is it the desire and intent of your heart to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who were buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Well, next up is uh, Katrina Godslick, and so give it up for Katrina. She came to me last week and just said, I'm just so on fire for the Lord, and I'm just so excited. I just got to tell everybody what God is doing in my life, and so I said, I'm going to give you a microphone. You're going to go for it. Here I am. So let's do this. Okay, Hi. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Katrina. I grew up here in Roslindale and attended the local Baptist and Methodist congregational churches through my childhood and teen years. There I grew to love God as I learned about him, his love for us, and about his son Jesus, once even claiming to give my life to Jesus when I was 12. As an adult, I questioned and doubted God, which led to passive temptation, poor decision making, and ultimately sin. Thinking about and turning to God only in times of great need. My life had become consumed by sinful nature. This led to feelings of inadequacy, self-loathing, helplessness, feeling unworthy of happiness. I was distant, hiding behind shame and guilt. No one would want anything to do with me, I often thought. I blamed myself and my past actions for everything and anything that went wrong in my life and the lives of loved ones. This led to an almost constant state of anxiety, and I felt so trapped. On Easter of 2013, my sister Krista invited me to CRC for her baptism. This is when my journey to complete faith in Christ began. There was a literal pull bringing me back to CRC that spring and summer. During my very first visit, I felt something in me stir, and soon I felt a connection with God. I noticed that praise worship and prayers weren't just given to God, but to Jesus as well. And what I was hearing and learning about him was amazing. During a service one Sunday, I invited Jesus into my life. I began to pray to him, confessing and repenting all my sin and asking him to show me his way. During the same summer, 
my son Kyle became ill and spent the next few months undergoing a series of medical tests to determine what was causing his symptoms. I felt certain it was no coincidence that I had been led to God earlier that year, but also that somehow it was surely my fault. On December 18th of 2013, Kyle was diagnosed with lymphoma, a blood cancer that caused five tumors to grow in various lymph nodes. I spent the next eight months caring tirelessly for my sick child, praying for him and continuing to pray for Jesus to work within my life. Something unexpected happened during that time. Instead of watching my son grow weak and tired and blaming myself, my thoughts of doubt and feelings of inadequacy began to fade and were being replaced with thoughts of hope and a feeling of faith. Just one year after his diagnosis, my son's cancer went into remission, and I couldn't praise God enough. A few months later, my sister and I woke on a Sunday morning to find our mother passed away in her bed. I was shocked and confused. I mourned deeply during the following months. There were days I felt angry, anxious, and so lonely. But looking back, I believe God used that time of sorrow, of praise to sorrow, to bring me closer to Christ. Although overall I seemed to be on a right path with God and Jesus, something was still missing. I continued to struggle in a poor relationship with poor self-image and no clear way to move forward. Pastor Josh challenged, if you will, the congregation one Sunday to try to look upon others as Jesus does. And when I started to make a conscious effort to do so, my thoughts, desires, and actions began to change even more. I came home to an empty house one day at the end of what was an okay morning. I had no reason to feel down. I plopped on my bed and started to cry. I suddenly felt lost and alone, and I cried out loud to God, why, why do I still feel this way? I was overwhelmed with the desire to again invite Jesus into my life, accepting him as my Lord and Savior, the only way to salvation and eternity in heaven, this time also giving my life completely to him vowing to follow and trust in him and to always place my faith in him. Instantly, I felt encased in a blanket of warmth and love, and I knew that from that day forward, because of life's, Christ's life, death, and resurrection, I was right with God and perfect in his sight. Because of Jesus Christ's love and mercy, I am a stronger, happier person. I have been able to make decisions based on his intention for my life that have bettered my life. I am able to recognize my worth and help others without feeling inadequate. Because of Jesus, I no longer feel unworthy and am able to share God's word. Because of Jesus, I am no longer hiding behind walls of shame and guilt. Now I stand in the light and love of Christ with all things, with faith in all things placed in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to share a verse that weighed heavy in my heart, my mind, during this time. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Jesus is your friend. He already knows you. Who you were meant to be and set a perfect example for you to follow. You can trust him. He will bring you the same peace and comfort he's brought me. And I hope that if he's not already in your life now, that you will invite him in. Christ is here for you to place your trust and full faith and is our only way to salvation and eternal life.
Katrina, have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Is it the desire and intent of your heart to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For we're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Next up, I get to invite my friend Lamar Hamilton out. So give it up for Lamar. So one of my uh, life verses is 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. I've made many of you memorize that verse. And in that verse, uh, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, he says, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will teach others also. And uh, what you see up here is really that lived out. It's pretty cool. Uh, Andrew was a freshman in college, came to us, kind of wandering a bit, and I had now five years to, to pour into this guy, and uh, now God has really moved in him, and he's going into pastoral ministry. It's cool to see. Uh, Andrew, a few years later, starts pouring into this guy, Nassif, over here. We celebrated Nassif's baptism at our last baptism. As of late, Nassif has been pouring into this guy, Lamar, right here. And even, we got a fifth generation now, because Lamar has been stepping up in leadership at our Teen Connect program. And so God is just, just awesome. He's just moving. The things which you have heard from me, that is the Apostle Paul saying, what you have heard from me, young Timothy, I want you to entrust to somebody else, to faithful men, under the expectation that they're going to teach others also. Four deep and now five deep. It's on you, all right? And so uh, let's listen to Lamar's story and hear how God is, uh, is moving in his life. My name is Lamar Hamilton. I'm in 10th grade, and I came to tell my story. Before I met Jesus, I found myself getting in trouble, staying out late at night with friends, not caring about what I was doing, allowing my grades to drop decreasingly, and more importantly, I wasn't taking Christ seriously. I remember one day, a boy who I thought was my friend led me and one of my close brothers into some serious trouble that involved me having to do community service, which all started off my journey into giving my life up to Christ. As I would come every Sunday helping set up and listening deeply to the sermons, I would go home after and just think to myself, wow, something just clicked. I need to change my life around ASAP. Pastor Josh one day asked me to attend this Teen Connect program in the Washington Beach complex to help me further my understanding of Christianity. One night I attended and we broke up into small groups and I was talking about, and we were talking about Christianity and all of a sudden I had the decision I I had the decision already made up in my mind that I wanted to give my life up, my life up to Christ at that very moment, and, I'd so, and so I did. And my fellow friends, Marcus, Nasif, and Andrew, were all there to help me guide, to help guide me through my final decision. After that decision, I noticed drastic, I noticed drastic changes in my life that resulted in coming home early, not hanging around with those who I thought were my friends, bringing my grades up more increasingly, 
started doing more of what I was supposed to do at home and getting involved in the church environment every Sunday since I gave my life up to Christ. Now I feel I am ready to be baptized. I just want to thank you all for your support among my decision and would love for you all to just continue guiding me in the right path of righteousness. That's life change, and that's, that's no lie. That's really been happening. I, I went to his house the other day. He said, yeah, I'll be right out. I'm cleaning up for my mom. I mean, come on. God's been uh, changing this guy's life around in so many ways, and we're excited about this. Lamar, have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone as your Lord and Savior? Is it the desire and intent of your heart to follow him all the days of your life? Based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for evidence of life change that these baptisms are declaring. And God, we pray that if there's anybody here today who is yet to give their lives to Jesus, trusting in what he has done by dying on the cross and going to the grave for them and resurrecting victoriously over sin and death, if there's anybody here, God, who hasn't given their life to Jesus, I pray that as we sing and as we respond, that they would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, knowing that you hear them, that that as Katrina said, you see them, and you know them, and you still love them. And so may they know that love, may they know that grace well this morning. May it wrap them up, and and may they, they feel it and know it more than ever before. Give them that desire to turn from their own ways and turn to trust in Jesus. So if that's you this morning, you call upon the name of the Lord as we sing as we respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand and celebrate with us?